Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, everyone. I just want to take a moment and tell you how incredibly grateful I am that everyone was so positive about the first episode. I was fairly apprehensive about doing that. It's kind of vulnerable to put it out there. And frankly, again, like the disclaimer last time, this is just my experience. So if you have a different experience, great. But I just wish somebody had told me all these things. And I'm kind of a gal who had a bunch of questions. And honestly, um, those kind of were my primary questions. And so you'll find as I release uh, additional episodes that they're kind of going through my journey and how I learned about things. Um, and so just thank you to everyone out there who listened to the podcast or uh, said something nice about it, because honestly, you're overwhelming. It's overwhelming to me. Um, I feel incredibly grateful about that. Okay, so let's get to this episode. Um, we're going to cover film today and we're going to cover camps and, and camps is a pretty big, uh, topic. So I'm not sure how long it will take to go over camp. So we'll just hope for the best. And if it starts going on too long, then we'll know it went too long. Okay. Um, so let's go ahead and get started on film. Now, in our last episode, we talked about having a huddle link, um, on your Twitter profile, and that allows coaches, when they're looking at your Twitter pro- profile, to go ahead and see your film. And a lot of times what will happen with film is it won't get put out nearly enough, or the film that you have isn't ordered well, or it doesn't showcase the right things. So kind of my best example of that particular thing is when Jackson was originally putting out his game film um, I don't think that we as a family understood just how important that was and so we weren't overly diligent about making sure that he put out game film after every single game you (laughs) we'd go Friday night lights you're all nervous all week and you're like oh my gosh I hope it goes well and all the dads and the moms and the kids are analyzing everything and they're watching film on the other team and we think we understand the way the matchup's gonna go and we think we understand how it's gonna be but on Fridays we get like I don't know if you guys are the same way, but Fridays at my house, we can barely get anything done. We are totally stressed out all day long. Um, and and that's for a few reasons. Like, number one, you never want to get too cocky. You want to take every single opponent super, super serious. And, and the second thing is, is like on any given day, anything can happen. So you can think you're totally prepared and and then you go into the game and maybe perhaps it didn't necessarily go the way you wanted it to. So at Fridays at my house, the collective family is completely stressed out. 
Um, probably Jackson's not nearly as stressed out because he's very routine oriented and he goes through his day and he has certain times that he eats and after school uh, we go to a certain restaurant and he has a certain meal and then he's uh, crazy about being on time for meetings so literally the entire day on Friday during Friday Night Lights is devoted to football. Anyway, I digress. Film. Um, so when we originally started going through the process, we weren't, we didn't understand that film was so completely important. And so he would have a good game. And then that day was so completely draining and you're done with the game and, and you win or you lose. I mean, again, we've been so incredibly lucky because we play at Corner Canyon and Corner Canyon over the last, uh, three years has only suffered one loss. And so uh, you win and then you go out for dinner after the game and the kids like do meetings with their coach and then they're exhausted and their feet hurt and they need to shower. And so on Saturday, that's for college football, right? Everybody's watching college football all day long. And then on Sunday, what are we doing? We're watching pro football. So uh, <laughs> we weren't as diligent about film as we possibly should have been. So here are what we learned probably not until frankly towards the end of our sophomore year we started getting more serious about film and so my recommendations would be this after every game take that saturday morning or actually saturday morning all the kids will be at the high school watching film about the game the night before but sunday morning sunday morning's available um, on Sunday morning, if you can take and go through the game film and take your best highlights and make sure that they uh, put together a small 30 second, 45 second minute, depending on how much playing timing you had in that game with all the highlights, that's really going to help. And the most important thing about a highlight film is that the first play or the first two plays should totally grab your attention. So if it's mediocre or if you think, eh, I kind of did good there, but maybe not as well as I could have, like assume that there's something better there. Try and put only your best highlights in there. And that could be after every game. So here's my game highlights and you go ahead and you tweet that out. But what's nice is, is that stays in your tweets. And so if you have a coach that comes along and wants to see more of your film, they can pop down and see other parts of the film as well as other people who are out there as part of your network can retweet that and then other people will see it and get exposure and that's really good so try and put together a game film after every single game make sure that the clips you put in there are the most explosive or if you are on defense or offense in a position that requires a certain level of nastiness make sure that that is portrayed in uh, the film as well as football IQ. You're, uh, you should have game awareness within, and this is the complete novice. I couldn't specifically me look at film and go, oh, that person's really good on film. I wouldn't be qualified in any way, shape, or form. But make sure you run your film past someone who knows that information and they can go, yeah, that's a, that's a really good clip or uh, that nothing happened there. Like that was good for the other person. So don't include that, that particular clip in there. We were incredibly fortunate when J Jackson was in his, uh, 
uh, off season right after his sophomore year, we were able to take some college visits and one of our and and they were like the unofficial visits, which is a whole nother episode. We'll go into uh, unofficial visits later. But on one of the visits, a GA working for one of the schools went through Jackson's film with Jackson and gave him very, very specific feedback about what should, nope, get rid of this, get rid of this, reorder this. This should be your first thing that you show on your film. And like literally, it really, it 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 narrowed down the film. It gave it uh, an explosive nature right out of the gate. And so, and what Jackson learned from talking to that GA and, and just so what, you know, GAs are graduate assistants. They work at every university around, uh, around the country, their entire job every single day for most days, especially when they're in the midst of recruiting is to watch somewhere in the neighborhood of 1500, to 2,500 films of, of athletes across the country. And then they take those 1,500 to 2,500 films and they narrow that list down to maybe their top 100 or their top 200. And then they're essentially going into the position coaches and pitching those players. Because a, a, a position coach doesn't have all day, every day to look at film. They just don't. They need to have teed up in front of them the top prospects. And so and and so that's what the GAs do a lot of the time is they're watching the film and, and they have 30 seconds or a minute to look at your film and go, yep, that's somebody I want to keep looking at or nope, that that isn't somebody who's going to fit within our system. So your film definitely has to be your best foot forward. So, I mean, I would suggest a 30 second to a 45 second after every game, just showing your explosive plays. It doesn't matter what the music is. It doesn't matter what the graphics are. They don't even listen to the music when they're looking at the film. No one listens to the music in any way, shape, or form. So it doesn't matter what the music is. You want it to be a quick clip. You don't want to have a bunch of players standing around and waiting for the play to happen and or develop. You, you want it like, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. And so 30 to 45 seconds after every game of your best plays. And then you're going to want to put together maybe a first half of the season highlight. So that's going to be longer. That's going to be like two to three minutes. And then you're going to put a second half of the season highlight. That's once again going to be two or three minutes. And then a specific highlight relative to the playoffs, assuming your team went to the playoffs. And uh, then at the end of the season, you want to put together a season highlight. And those are going to be longer. And at that point, the when you're going to get coaches watching your season highlight, it's because they've essentially decided, hey, like this kid has shown me some stuff in these little snippets, these little tasters that make me want to watch more. And so I'm willing to invest five minutes of time or I'm willing to invest eight minutes of time. But without those teasers and then that film that ends up being the whole season make it the most quality stuff you have so not everything from your teasers will necessarily make it into your season long film you want that only to be the best of the best and only be putting your best foot forward so 
really, really important. And then at the beginning of your film, you're gonna wanna make sure you identify, this is who I am, this is uh, who I play for. And at the end of your film, you're gonna wanna make sure you identify, this is how you get a hold of me. This is my name. Uh, this is my coach's name. Here are our phone numbers. Here are our emails. Because most high school coaches spend a lot of time in the off-season fielding uh, conversations and fielding phone calls about the players on their team. And so those coaches, especially, there's only certain times a year they can talk to a, a prospective recruiter not a recruiter, uh, athlete. There's only certain levels of kids they can even talk to. If you're a freshman or a sophomore, those coaches can't even talk to you directly. So it's really important that if they see some promise there that they are able to call and talk to a coach so they so that they can have a conversation with your coach about you. And then your coach is free to talk to you about whatever happened in that conversation. So that's my diatribe relative to film. So let's just recap real quick. Game highlights after every single game. Make sure they're the best. Don't worry about music. Cut out all the fluff. Make sure they're ordered in such a manner that they're attention grabbing and ready to go. And then first half of the season, second half of the season, playoff specific, whole season. Okay, that's what we want to have on film. And again, that link should be in your Twitter. So at any given time, they can absolutely go on your huddle. I'm, I apologize. There's probably other services that do film. I'm just not sure <laughs> of what they are. And then frankly, there are people who pay tons of money to professional companies to come and do their film. And they add super snazzy music and they cut and they do all these graphics none of that matters that's a waste of money um your your athlete should be able to figure out how to do the clips themselves and if they don't know how to do it on themselves i can guarantee you somebody on their team knows how to do it and I mean, use a teammate, call a teammate and say, hey, listen, I see that you got recruited. Tell me about how I put these films together. And that person more than likely would be happy to show you how to do that. Jackson's done that for a number of kids at his school. And once you've done it a couple of times, it's no big deal. And they do it themselves from that point on. Okay, I thought film was going to be a really small subject, but it ended up going on forever. So I apologize if you feel like uh, <laughs> that went on forever. Okay, let's talk camps. So you've got your film. Your, your season's over. It's off season now. You should be in the weight room. You should always be in the weight room. I don't think I can uh, stress that enough. Weights, 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 weights. Um... Now in the off season, there's going to be camps. <sighs> so there's a lot going on with camps. Um, let's kind of break down the kinds of camps there are. The first would be like a recreation camp, like a city camp, like, hey, we're doing a football camp. Um, those should probably run in the neighborhood of 15 to $30 maybe. You can go to that camp or not go to that camp. It depends on who the staff is that's running those camps. Those tend to be recreational camps. So if you're not to the level where you're varsity yet, um, and those are the only camps that are available to you, there's literally every day you should be trying to figure out what can I learn today that gets me better in my craft. 
better at my position. So if rec camps are all that's available to you, go to the rec camps. Um, what should be happening once you hit high, high school is there's a ton of camps that are pay camps. So they tend to be regional in nature or statewide in, uh, in nature. One that comes to mind uh, that we did right after Jackson's freshman year, freshman year is we went to the all poly camp and it was down in Las Vegas. I say down because we're up in Utah. Um, and, uh, that particular camp was invite only. And the camp was, I want to say around $300. And we were like, holy moly, like internally, we were totally jazzed to be even considered or invited to the camp. So we were like, yes, we are going. Um, we did not do enough to prepare for that camp. <laughs> I'll just tell you right now, thankfully, uh, we went to that camp and completely flew under the radar. Camps that you pay anywhere from 200, I mean, some of them are $100, 200 to say $500 for, they tend to have a format to them. And one of the the formats is is there's generally what's called a combine. And I'm sure all parents hear about like the NFL combine. A, a combine is a series of um, events. Think um, when I was in school, we used to have at the end of the school year, like that field day. We used to have field day. <laughs> And we'd go outside and we'd do the 50-yard dash and we would sack races and that kind of thing. A combine is essentially grown-up field day and they do the 40-yard dash and or 40-yard run and uh, the cone drill. And there's a series of drills that they do. And the kids who have been to combine portions of camps before, they know exactly what they're doing. There's a certain uh, body way you hold your body. There's a certain way you prepare to be timed by lasers that you wouldn't necessarily do if you were just running on a track. Um, you can tell the kids who know what they're doing and the kids who have no idea what they're doing because it, it it's completely obvious. Also at these camps, you can expect that there's a ton of alpha dog going on there. So you may come from a school where you think you're all that in a bag of chips, but every single one of these kids has come from schools all over the country who believe they're all that in a bag of chips. And some of them are uh, have had offers since they were 12 years old. And so um, camps can be slightly intimidating if you're not necessarily prepared for them. And our first camp, we, we, we weren't prepared for. Um, we thought we knew what we were doing. We, we didn't just the registration line al alone was insane. Everybody's checking everybody out. Uh, they're sizing each other up. You're like, Oh my word, here's my little, just, uh, after his freshman year. And these, these men essentially who are seniors are, are, they're not seniors. They're going into their senior year. They're men. They have full beards and they're shaving and they're going to kill my little guy. And Jackson did okay at his first camp, but he definitely didn't shine. Um, 
He came in really slow on his times. He didn't have his speed and agility down. Um, we hadn't put enough emphasis in the things that were going to be measurable. And so we showed up at that camp and, and we weren't necessarily at our best. Here's my advice specifically about camps. You should probably pick one or two of those camps to go to. And there and there's some reasons why. The first one is it gives you a really good um, review. It shows you this is where the competition is and, the, and here's where I am. So if you show up at the camp and you're a freshman and you dominate the camp, that's pretty good. If you show up at the camp and you're a freshman and are dominated the whole time, then you've got some things to work on. So it gives you a realistic view of where you are relative to where your competition is um, in a regional manner. Um, the second reason why there's good why they're good is because for the kids who go to these camps, depending on what media is going to be there, and we'll talk about media in a totally different uh, episode later, you can get a profile and a profile is going to come in handy later down the line. Just saying this particular kid, this athlete, Jackson Light plays at Corner Canyon. Um, and, and that's really good. So for the most part, I don't know that I would spend all my money going to tons of camps, but I would pick one or two at the end of my sophomore year or my junior year. And I would go to those camps and, and see where I am relative to the competition. Um, sorry, I need to revise that last statement. I would do one at the end of my freshman year and I would do one at the end of my sophomore year for sure. Um, that first year we did the all poly camp and we were totally unprepared, but we learned so much. And it's funny, Jackson did wrestling his freshman year of high school and his freshman coach had a, has a saying and is sometimes we win and sometimes we learn. And we didn't win at that first all poly camp, but we definitely learned. We learned a ton. So I would say camps are really good for learning. Um, and then um, relative to, so let's just go over real quick what we talked about. We've got a rec camp, we've got pay camps, um, like that particular regional all poly camping. You had kids from California and Las Vegas and Utah and Arizona and Wyoming and Idaho and Hawaii who came to that camp. Um, and then you have college camps. And college camps are held at a specific university. Um, that particular university is wanting to bring in the local high school kids and have a camp for the local high school kids. And those camps usually run anywhere from as low as $25 for the day and as high as probably $95 for the day. And they generally get a t-shirt. Um, but what's great about those camps, about college camps, is that college camps allow you to have interactions specifically with coaches that you may end up getting offered by later. They can see you. Um, they can, you can get a feel for their coaching style. Um, so, I would say after your sophomore year and after your junior year, you're going to want to pick some colleges that you're interested in and have shown some interest in you, and you're going to want to go to their one-day camps. Um, and go compete all out, completely and totally. Go compete. We. It's amazing to me 
how many uh, kids will show up at these camps and then not compete all out. And when you step on those campuses for those camps, you're at a job interview. They're at a job interview. You should absolutely be having firm handshakes. You should be having great eye contact. You should be, yes, sir. We shouldn't be uh, slowly walking from drill to drill. We should be running from drill to drill. That's really, really important. Um, so those are essentially the three kinds of camps. You have the rec camps, the pay camps. I don't know what else you would call the, the pay camps. Um, there are um, football university uh, runs national camps that absolutely would be considered like the all poly a pay camp. Those are great camps. Uh, you will learn a ton. You'll be able to see that competition and you'll be able to depending on what kind of media covers it, you'll be able to get a profile. And so you're essentially putting your times out there, you're putting your combine out there, um, et cetera. And then you have the college camps. And I think there's a time in which you're indulging in each of those specific camps. Now, when it comes to invite-only camps, people are like, how did they get an invite to that camp? Um, sometimes you will get an invite based on the fact that your high school coach will nominate you or your trainer will nominate you. But I got to be completely honest. I don't understand why kids who want to go to camps are not nominating themselves. Anybody can nominate anybody. Um, so if there's a camp that you want to go to in your freshman year, start nominating yourself to go to that camp. And you may not make it that first year, but by the second year, you'll probably get an invitation to that camp. Now, those invitations very rarely come in the mail to your house. Generally, the invitations for the invite-only camps will either come into your email or they will come into your coach. They will actually mail physical um, paperwork to your high school coach who will then hand uh, out those invitations to his players. And um, so I would take advantage of some of those counts as camps. I know that not everybody's sitting on 200 or $300, but if you start thinking about it now and you could put away 25 bucks a month, uh, you can start. And then, you know, around here, there'll be times where a bunch of kids from Corner Canyon will decide, oh, we're all going to go to this camp in Las Vegas. And the parents will carpool and everybody really takes care of everyone. And I'm sure, I think football family is football family no matter where you go in America. So, I mean, your football family will be there for you if that's something that you choose to do. So that specifically covers camp. Now there's, I, I definitely think you should go to, one or two of those camps, but be prepared at those camps to show the best possible way you can show. So um, that means being prepared specifically for the combine events. And like I said before, we weren't necessarily prepared for those the first time that we went to that. And then, uh, and that means doing extra work. So that means finding a strength and conditioning program that trains kids who specifically uh, train you to go to the combine. So by the second time we went to a combine, I say the royal we, um, we were going to the um, All-American combine in San Antonio, 
Texas, and it and that one's uh, right after Christmas, um, prior to um, school getting back in, and the numbers that Jackson put up at that camp versus his first camp were night and day. So, and he trained specifically with our strength and conditioning coach at Corner Canyon. His name's Jason Bell. Awesome guy. Um, he, he trains them specifically, kids who are going to go these combines, to go down to the combine and do your cadence and prepare your body and be ready with a certain mindset and this is what you're going to do and he's he's giving them confidence and he's giving them tips and tricks to put in their best combine performance and there and that continues on a college level and even into a pro level all those people that you see on TV performing for the combine for the NFL they've been putting in months and months after their regular season football of just getting ready for that combine. So um, definitely make sure you're ready for that. Now, within those camps, they're also going to do drills in which if you are a wide receiver, you're going to go out and catch balls. If you are a um, O-line or D-line, you're going to drill drills against each other. And these drills are very, very important. Number one, thing I could possibly tell everyone is you need to go and do those things at 100% and play through the whistle. (laughs) So when Jackson originally went to a camp, the, the whistle would blow and he would immediately stop. And kids who are going somewhere, they wait for the sound of the whistle to kind of filter through the air. They're going to give you that extra millisecond of a shove or an extra millisecond of effort. And that was something that Jackson was completely unaware of. We were all completely unaware of that. By the second time we went to a camp, we understood that the whistle... Uh, needed to be fully blown and in the air before you stopped. And so go out there and compete at 100% and play through the whistle to the end of the whistle. I guess that's how, how to say that. The second thing you need to do is you want to get as many reps as you can possibly get at these at these camps. Because this is giving you a chance to practice your craft. This is giving you a chance to show what you're made of. And so alpha dogs and people that get what they want in life, they don't stand in line and patiently wait to go and get their rep. The kids who want it will take their rep. So um, in the first camp that we went to, Jackson patiently waited for his rep. By the time we went to the All-American camp, um in San Antonio, he and one other kid traded every other rep and kids would complain and be like, no, it's my turn. And they would literally look at them and go, no, find a way to work yourself in. And uh, so take your reps. Nobody's going to hand them to you. Take your reps. And last but not least on on, uh, going to these camps, you want to go against the best competition possible. You don't want to go against somebody that you know that you can beat every time. 
How are you going to get any better if you only go against people that you know that you're going to beat? So watch. And if there's a stud out there that's killing everybody, that's the guy you want to go against because that's going to make you better. That's where that iron sharpens iron comes from. Like that's super duper important. You want to make sure that you are getting better at your craft every day. So when you go to these camps, don't waste your money. Go to the camp and get everything you can possibly get out of it. Show as well as you can. Pick the hardest people to go against and go against the hardest people so that you can learn the most from that camp. Okay, Uh, to wrap up our conversation on camps, because we're already past 30 minutes and this is going a little bit long. At some point... Um, after you've been through a camp series, there's actually, then you get to a, a point in theory uh, where you get to go to the free camps. <laughs> and the free camps are generally, they're sponsored by three different companies for the most part. At least these are the ones that I'm aware of that are free. So if there's more out there, I don't know about them, but they could be. Uh, the first one is sponsored by Nike. It's called The Opening. Um, The second one is Adidas Rivals. So Adidas has uh, teamed up with Rivals and they have a camp. And the third one is the Under Armour All-American Camps. Um, You have had to generally pay your dues at one of the other camps, the pay camps, prior to getting invited to this camp. You have to... Uh, send film and there's a selection committee and they review all the film and not everybody gets to go to these and so um, kind of your goal as you go through the process of going through camps your freshman year and your sophomore year is to get to the Nike opening get an invite to the Nike opening or get an invite to the Adidas rivals or get an invite to the Under Armour All-American camps. Those are a big deal and lots of media cover them and they will have the best kids in the nation. And that will uh, get you stars, which we're going to go into in a totally different episode. But um, those are the camps you're looking to get an invite to. Now, think about those camps. Those are also regional. So uh, generally, unless you live in Los Angeles or Phoenix or uh, Las Vegas or possibly Nashville or Orlando or Dallas, um, you're going to have to travel to those camps. So be thinking about uh, how you're going to manage that from a cost perspective. The good news is when you go to those camps, you don't have to pay to be at those camps. And a lot of times, because you were invited to those camps, you're going to walk away with a bunch of Nike gear or a bunch of Adidas gear or a bunch of Under Armour gear. So that's what happens in those camps. So just to re- recap today's episode. Number one, film, super duper important. Make sure your highlights are are definitely the best, that they're explosive, that they're nasty, that you're getting people's attention right off the bat and they include information on how to get a hold of your coach. And then camps, definitely pick the ones that you wanna go to. Make sure um, that you've budgeted for how much those are gonna cost you. I highly suggest going after your freshman year and sophomore year. Make sure you're giving it 100%. Make sure you're taking your reps. Make sure 
that you're learning everything you can possibly learn off those camps so that even if you don't have the best showing, you find out where you're deficient and you can improve that next time. And make sure that if you have the ability to get someone to train you for the combine on speed and agility, that you do that as well. Okay, guys, that's the second episode. Hope it was informative. All right. See you next time. Bye.